Hello and welcome. This is Pepin from Pepin Reacts. And here today on this episode, we're going to be doing a season one recap, review, discussion of a show that we watch. What is it called? Breaking Bad. Now, this last season was crazy. I mean, I totally remember everything that happens in it. It's not like we're at season three right now. Spoiler, we actually are in season three right now, and we're just getting back to recording the the review recap sort of thing right here. Uh, this is a spoiler-free based reaction or re recap review thing. So essentially, if you haven't seen the show before, you know, we're not going to spoil anything past season one, uh, or at least do our best to do that. So if you want to watch along and you're worried about that, don't don't worry. Here, I got my best friend here, Meter. Meter, how you doing? Hey, I'm here too for a recap. Mm-hmm. Now, Meter's seen the whole show, but has a bad memory. But again, neither of us are going to spoil anything. So, uh, I believe, Meter, you're going to be kind of uh, driving this uh, review discussion? Yes. Yep. We'll go through the recap. Uh, I'll I'll be parsing down uh, what's written on BreakingBad.Fandom.com. Great site. Um, and, uh, yeah, we can go over what happened and kind of talk about it as a whole and, and whatever else you have planned. Okay. Awesome. Sounds great. So, uh, it, it, you know, the, the general story, Walter White, this high school chemistry teacher, finds out he has lung cancer, terminal lung cancer. Uh, and he's now desperate to secure the financial future of his family. He has a wife, Skylar. She's pregnant with unnamed baby. Uh, she has a son, uh, Walter White Jr., uh, who has cerebral palsy. So, and he's a 50 year old man. He's working two jobs. He quits his second job at the car wash and he teams up with a former student of his named Jesse Pinkman to make and sell meth, claiming Jesse knows the business, Walt knows the chemistry. Let's partner up. And uh, Jesse's really impressed with Walt's ability to make meth um, after he samples the first batch that they cook in the mobile drug lab that they have. Hmm. So that whole big introduction right there, I, I, I think that whole thing, and a lot of that is in the first episode, I believe, right? We're still on yeah. the first episode, yeah. Yeah. And, and in a way, this whole first season is kind of like a, it kind of feels like an introduction to mm. the plot. Uh, and I mostly say that because at the end of the season, like, it, it felt like a new beginning in a way, as opposed to like like an end. And yeah. I think the first episode you know, really does a good job of that too. Like it, it, it feels like a new beginning. Like he's kind of saying, where are we, where are we going to go? And the same sort of thing in the season, like, where are we going to go? Like it, it's the premise almost being introduced. Absolutely. Yeah. And they do a really good job of telling, telling a story over a period of time, sometimes sampling in little bits of the future story that kind of leaves you like, how's that going to tie in? Like, what does that mean? Um, so it's really, they do a really good job of hooking and then holding you in uh, and not disappointing you on the back end too, I think. Mm -hmm. So then uh, Jesse takes a sample of the drugs to Crazy 8, um, cousin to somebody that uh, Jesse uh, used to work with named Emilio, uh, who recently got busted. And Emilio is out on bail and convinced that Jesse ratted on him. Uh, so... He uh, sets up a double cross here. They go out to the desert and uh, all four. Uh, so Jesse, uh, Emilio, Crazy Eight and Walter White are all it, like it gets it gets really bad. And Walter has to create a chemical explosion 
to get himself out of like being pretty much murdered. Uh, and it kills Emilio and it leaves crazy H struggling to survive. And all of that is episode one mm-hmm. is the pilot crazy. How could you, who could not want to pick up that show after a pilot like that? Mm. I, I mean, we're missing one of the biggest things here. Oh the, yeah. Those tidy whities That's I mean, a really good point. G- g- come on. Episode one. Episode one. Fucking tidy whities Good portion. Minutes. <laughs> minutes of tight white underpants. Mm. Meter, it's been a while, but when you first saw episode one, what was kind of your impression? Your, like, your opinion? Um, I was really excited. Um, I thought that they did a really good job of setting up uh, the characters. And I was really excited to see like what was going to happen in the future. But the the biggest thing I thought was this was like such high octane like and it ramped up so fast to go from you know this do good high school chemistry teacher to people being literally murdered uh i i was like there's no way they're going to be able to sustain this as a show hmm. it's it's too it's too intense right yeah and if you think about the season a little bit it kind of gets to that you know high octane level and it does ramp back up to it like many points throughout the season but mm-hmm. kind of feels like an exploration of all those things in that first episode. Like, like you're kind of getting that more in depth in the later episodes. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, again, like they just their ability to to storytell is so great. Hmm. Uh, next episode, Crazy Eight escapes. Uh, Walt recaptures him, locks him to a pole in the in Jesse's basement. Jesse and Walt flip a coin to dis- to determine who will dissolve Emilio's body in acid. And who will kill Crazy Eight? And it's Walt's job to kill Crazy Eight. Neither of them wanted to, to have to do that. Um, Sky Skyler, meanwhile, uses Star Six Nine, nice, to trace a sp- suspicious call from Jesse. And when Skyler asks who the caller was, Walt says that Jesse is his pot dealer. So this little little lie goes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, although we touched on this in the episode, like it was also there's some truth there because Walt was smoking Jesse's weed. So yep. So Skylar's pissed. She goes to Jesse, tells him, stop selling my husband marijuana. Uh, once she leaves, Jesse gets to work on disincorporating Emilio's body. Uh, but because he ignores Walt's specific instructions of what to use to do so, uh, and he pours hydrofluoric acid on Emilio in the bathtub, the acid eats through the tub, which collapses to the floor below, leaving Walt and Jesse with a bloody mess to clean up. Hmm. Uh, and that's all episode two. Hmm. Like the amount of stuff that's packed into these episodes is crazy. It, it's so surprising to hear that too, because it, to me, it feels like that's like halfway through the season. Like, it does. but it, it's really not. It's not. It's insane hmm. how much is it, is in all of this. Yeah, and it, it's it's interesting way of showing like a uh, character progression because I, I think the thing is like it feels like a long time because. It feels like the character came so far in that small amount of time, and they did, right? But mm-hmm. to you, it feels like a long time, you know, like like a gradual progression. Which I, that's that's where I think the writing gets really like really really peak. There is it makes you understand that change. You know, you see the reaction happen. On top of that, we also did this kind of old school TV style too, where you know we watch an episode a week. So it was, you know, holding, holding that mm. suspense for a week is a lot. 
and uh, it does it does I think make it seem like a longer period of time it takes for things to happen too. Mm-hmm. Uh, next episode uh, at Walt's house, Skylar poses vague questions about marijuana to Marie, uh, who is Skylar's sister. Uh, who jumps to the conclusion that they're discussing Walt Jr., even though Skyler's like, no, no, I'm not. She assumes that and then persuades her husband, Hank Schrader, uh, a DEA agent, to scare Walt Jr. straight. Uh, Meanwhile, Marie's breaking the law herself. Mm -hmm. Um, She stole a pair of shoes from a store uh, where she felt that the sales clerk was ignoring her. So it was one of those, you know, fake justice type of take your own justice type of thing Mm -hmm. uh, where maybe you feel like there they have a reason to to do so but ultimately like no that's just bad justification mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in another part of town jesse bolts from his house after walt berates him for divulging personal information to crazy eight walt says they have more work to do but jesse begs to differ and says the coin flip is sacred your job is waiting for you in the basement <laughs> uh, walt kind of has a heart to heart with crazy eight um and Crazy Eight's sure Walt's going to spare him, but then Walt realizes that Crazy Eight's conning him, uh, and, and he's going to stab him to death mm. with a broken piece of plate, so he strangles him. Yeah. Uh, and then after disposing the body, Walt gets back home and finally reveals to Skyler that he has cancer, because he had been holding that secret. Yeah. Nobody else knew. Mm. Uh, and if I remember right, Crazy Eight's the first person he tells. Yep, exactly right. And for for me, I think that's, you know, out of these couple episodes, this is like the, the best one out of the bunch. Like the, all the things it does in, in like those emotional highs are just like, like crazy. Uh, also a uh, crazy eights actor, uh, I believe his name is Domingo. I mean, that's the name of the person Kirsi is playing. I'm getting confusing with this, but uh, he did this like, like such a great job of like portraying those emotions. Same with, uh, same with Walt, like, or rather brian cranston like all those emotions that's displayed in the episode like it was so believable you can understand what each character was doing the games they're playing uh there is some disagreement on that because me and meter have differing opin- points of view we kind of agree on a lot of points but you know we, we have different ideas of what uh walt was doing in that scene mm-hmm. but I, I think that's what makes it super interesting like there's so much to just read and kind of like dissect in that episode that like, like for me, it's still like one of the best episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I, the acting in this show is amazing. Brian Cranston's incredible. Uh, like the emotions, the layers of emotions, like he, mm. he gets across are, are unreal. And the scene between those two, I, I a hundred percent agree. Both of them deserve huge props for that scene. Cause it's amazing. Mm. Also this, uh, you know, episode did also set up like the sacredness of a coin flip. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what becomes sacred when, like, there's a lot lying on, you know, on the line. It's like, okay, I gotta make a big decision here. So all of a sudden, this thing is sacred because, uh, you know, no, no takesy backsies. Yeah, and I mean, it's true though. Is there anything more sacred than a coin flip? Hmm. No. <laughs> so next episode uh, at a family barbecue, Walter reveals this is an illness now to Marie Hank. And Walt Jr. box at spending five thousand uh, dollars. Oh, and Walt Jr. Sorry. Um, so now the family knows. Uh, Walt box at spending five thousand dollars to see a renowned oncologist, uh, and Walt Jr. is frustrated by his dad's lack of emotion, and he blurts out, "Then why don't you just fucking die already?" Uh-huh. Um, 
and Walt relents uh, using drug profits to pay the bill. So he, he agrees to do this, but Whit refuses um, any help and says that, you know, I'm going to I'm going to pay for this out of pocket. Yeah. We get an introduction to two things there. Number one, Walt Jr. and kind of more his character. And yeah. you really love this character meter, which I, I find I love very Walt interesting. Jr. Walt Jr. is so real. <laughs> Realist person I know. Uh-huh. Uh, but the other thing, too, is uh, we get introduced to kind of like Walt's pride here. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that maybe foreshadowed a little bit in a couple previous episodes. Because I think the one prior to that maybe was the one where he was having the flashback with uh, uh, not Elliot, but the wife, uh, Gretchen. Yep. And there's some pride there too, but really kind of like seeing like there's some sort of like wound forming there or wound that's there. This is kind of like almost like sucking in anything from surroundings. I, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but we get introduced to something weird there with this whole money and like needing to do it himself sort of thing. Yeah, we, we do. We see, I mean, and we also see that, that side of Walt that we haven't seen uh, when he's with Gretchen and they're talking about chemistry and, you know, you said, I feel like that's the real Walt. Like, mm. it does seem like a different person than any other Walt we had seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very interesting. I almost feel like he's having to put on, like, his face. And, yeah. And we kind of all have to do that to some degree, you know? Go out in public. Do you act how you really are? I mean, maybe. Yes. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Because uh, when I act how I really am, I just confuse people or I just speak overly technical. Not because I'm trying to, like, show off necessarily, but my brain just thinks stupidly like that. Or I just go on for about, you know, 20 minutes about something they don't care about. I mean, that that's the real me. Just, <laughs> just, just, just talking somebody's ear off about things they don't care about. That's a good unfiltered Pepin. <laughs> so Jesse, in the same episode... He's haunted by everything that's happened in the house he's living in. So he flees to his parents' house. And there the maid discovers a joint. Uh, Jesse denies it's his, but his parents kick him out. And as he leaves, his younger brother, Jake, um, thanks Jesse for not telling on him. Mm. Um, so we see this real uh, dichotomy between that whole family and, like, Jesse versus Jake. And Jake, like, has all of these awards for being good in school and stuff and... Um, they both, both Jesse and Jake, both the kids feel like the parents favor the other one more, um, which is really interesting. And I think really true of a lot of family dynamics where, where it can feel that way. Hmm. The, the one thing I'm trying to place right now in context to this season is like, what do we learn about Jesse by looking at his parents? Because his parents seem like they're pretty chill. I mean, they're, they're giving him a lot of chances and they're putting a lot of investment in his brother and like, like, how is just like, like, well, you know, in real life things aren't always like a product of like childhood and stuff like that. A lot of times there's some mixing, and you could say in TV it's like that too. But I, I kind of wonder what this whole thing with Jesse's parents kind of say about Jesse. Um, I don't know. I don't know that it necessarily does. Mm-hmm. Um. I think if anything, it just shows that like Jesse's true nature is his true nature, you know, but I, I think it, it also might show that they like what they provided for. Hmm. We don't, I don't know that we necessarily know like Jesse's upbringing, upbringing, you know, because mm-hmm. potentially the parents didn't act the same way that they act now with him 
until uh, later on. And now with Jake, they do treat him super well. So maybe they like changed how they treated the, their child, the new one, because mm-hmm. they fucked up the first one so bad. Hmm. Yeah. Or maybe that's just part of Jesse's nature is that he, you know, kind of kind of cut corners on a lot of things growing up and hmm. maybe he's trying to change, um, which I think you could say that about his character. Yeah, yeah. It's where it's, it's where it's a little bit interesting. Like the season hasn't gone into it, and I'm not sure if future seasons will. But mm. I I just thought that was like kind of a like you can understand the family dynamic, but it's kind of like they're all kind of individuals, just kind of cooperating together or kind of interacting, uh, and they certainly play off each other. I think Jesse can be a bit of a mooch sometimes, uh, and his families were kind of enabling that to some degree. But I don't know if it says anything more than that. Yeah, although you know, in this one they they cut him off and they kicked him out. So, mm-hmm. yep. Mm. You know, things things changed all around uh, for for his whole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, next episode has them at the birthday party of Elliot Schwartz, uh, Walt's Nobel Prize winning former colleague, uh, who offers Walt employment, saying his company provides excellent health insurance, and Walt declines the offer later accusing Skyler of putting Elliot up to it, and he is pissed about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this definitely comes to, to that pride that you were talking about. Uh, Jesse attempts to cook meth, but he can't match Walt's quality. Um, at a family powwow about Walt's cancer, Walt tells everyone, all I have left is how I choose to approach having cancer. Uh, and he chooses not to have chemo, but the next morning, he says he'll accept treatment and he'll accept Elliot's help. Uh, and that's what he tells Skyler. At the chemotherapy qu- clinic, Walt tells Skyler he's taking Elliot's money, but in fact, he is using the drug dealing profits. His chemo bill is mounting. Walt reunites with Jesse and tells him that they need to sell meth in bulk. Hmm. So, kind of ramping up the, as the cancer ramps up, he need, he's ramping up his production. Yeah, and this whole, like, thread here in this season is probably the most dense and confusing thread. It's not even a thread. It's just kind of like a, like, spaghetti, I guess, or it, it's like a rope gets really tangled up in itself, and you can kind of see all the tangles and, like, how everything's just super mixed up, and there's no easy explanation for this. Like, you, you know there's something there, but you know that for the characters to start explaining it, it would take just so long to, to do. Like, because there's something there with Walt's pride. There's something there with Elliot doing something. There's something there with Walt not getting the Nobel Prize, but he has his pride and doesn't want to accept money, but he wants to pretend like he's got them. Like, I don't even know what it is. And you, you kind of get it, but you also know there's like so much more there. Yeah, I, I love that about, uh, you know, I've done some story writing myself and taking, like you're saying, a big, like a bunch of yarn and like rolling it all into a ball. And there's all these little bits of thread poking out. And eventually you want one line that can be followed. But right now there's a whole bunch. And the writers can pick and choose which of these threads they're going to pull. um, And you'll end up learning more about. Hmm. Hmm. I guess in a way it does also give the writers an ability to like, yeah, kind of like throw some stuff at the wall. And then kind of choose how to explain it later. Because they probably actually had 
the idea of what was going to happen there, but maybe not all the details. And this kind of yeah. really allows you to kind of like develop it a bit more before displaying it. Yeah. No, I I think it, I think this is good writing because it leaves none of the threads feel pointless. They feel like everything feels like they're tangled together, mm-hmm. and they all feel like you want to figure out what like how does everything connect? Yeah, how yeah. much of this is pride? How much of this is resentment? How much mm-hmm. of this is something maybe we don't even know about yet? Like it's it's I find I think that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. There is a gas mask. Uh, that is labeled property of Walt's high school uh, found in the desert. Hank inventories the storage room of Walt's chemistry lab and concludes that some meth monkey had a feeding frenzy there. Um, so, uh, so you know, Hank's kind of closing in on, on Walt and what he's doing. Um, but I think at the same time in that episode, they, Hank makes it pretty clear he's, like, looking right past Walt. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is always super interesting in their their relationship. Uh, Jesse finangles an interview with Tuco Salamanca, Crazy Eight's badass replacement as a distributor. Tuco loves Walt's meth, but refuses to pay for it up front, beating up Jesse and stealing the meth. Walt returns to face down Tuco using the identity of Heisenberg, mm. deceiving him with what looks like meth, but which is actually fulminated mercury that Walt uses to demolish Tuco's office. Hmm. Um, Tuco says, you got balls, uh, and then they make a deal for some more meth. I gotta say, that whole scene and the way it played out, I mean, it's a little bit ridiculous, but at the same time, like, what you can just like, kind of accept it. Like, Tuco just be like, you got balls. Like, the person who played him had to convey that in such a way where he didn't sound like an idiot. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I mean, that's too go crazy. He was crazy, mm-hmm. which I, is apt. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can kind of get why he's successful too, in a weird way. Like, it's almost like a crazy genius. I mean, mm-hmm. m- maybe we didn't see so much genius here, but we can kind of see why people follow him. Like, the, he, he's kind of, you know, he's crazy enough to, okay, he's good enough to run the business, but he's also crazy enough to like kind of deter people away. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tuco like is such a such an interesting character to have ramp up like as everything continues to like escalate in this season. Bringing in Tuco like really jumps the escalation on a social level because you have all of these underlying like hidden things that are dangerous, right? Like you know. Uh, Hank is is starting to zone in as Skyler's asking questions and Walt's doing going through all of these lies. They have these bodies that they had to dispose of, but this is like a really in your face like danger that hmm. these guys are facing, where they could die in an instant. Where all of these other things are like these are things will ruin your life if they're found out, but they're kind of socialized. This is a physical right in your face danger. Hmm. Yeah, ups the stakes. Quite mm-hmm. a lot. Also, just one other thing to point out is, uh, I, I think maybe where we see too close to acumen is that Walt is able to reason with them in a weird, mm-hmm. fucked up way. Like, yeah. he's crazy, he's emotional, but he will listen to good business sense. Yeah, and Walt is really good at talking to 
crazy people uh, <laughs> kind of talking on his on he talked on his level right he's like you want to be crazy i'll be fucking crazy hmm Th- that is a good point like walt in that moment was maybe more fucked up than tuco that's fair i mean he blew up a whole building so <laughs> Uh, Jesse finds out that Walt's doing business with Tuco and gets pissed. Um, but thing and things turn like even more tense when Walt can't deliver Tuco's meth order on time. Walt talks Tuco into a loan, albeit at high interest, so that he and Jesse can procure the proper supplies. So they don't have all the supplies they need. The biggest thing Jesse says is they need uh, Smurfs, people to go out and buy a little bit of soup to fed um, from a couple of different places. And they don't have that. Uh, Walt tells Skyler he's going to a sweat lodge, but instead he heads to Jesse's house. Uh, he congratulates Jesse for scoring all of the supplies they need, though a key chemical is missing. Jesse knows thieves who can steal it, but they want ten grand, so Walt suggests he and Jesse just steal it themselves. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Skyler heads to a jewelry store to reser- return a baby-sized diamond tiara. Marie gave her at the baby shower and when she approaches the owner with the gift she's apprehended and informed it was stolen faking labor pain Skylar avoids arrest and confronts Marie who is evasive she more than evasive she outright denies it mm-hmm. categorically yeah. mm. and I, I you know I think we're going to be jumping ahead a little bit here with my comments but th- that that plot aspect in this is is kind of interesting at because essentially it sidetracks Skylar because she might be catching on to Walt's lying here if she had the mental resources but the problem is Walt's you know our, her sister's lying and it's got her almost arrested and everything and now she has to deal with that lying you know problem and so she doesn't have as much time and energy. You also start seeing how Skylar handles people who are lying, too. You know, yeah. someone who's even family. Of course, it's her sister, so it's a little bit different. She's probably used to this. Uh, yeah. But I, I think it plot-wise, it does some interesting stuff to introduce, like, how she would handle this kind of thing. And also, like, why she can't figure out what's going on with Walt at this point. Yeah. I mean, on top of that, like, Skylar has so much. Like, on her plate, like, mm-hmm. her husband has cancer, she's pregnant with a baby, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. her son has cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. her sister's stealing, like, this is, like, all at once. That's crazy amount of stuff. While she doesn't have a job and can't get one because she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't have any money. Like, <laughs> yeah. wow, that mm-hmm. is a lot to, lot to put on someone. Hmm. When you put it like that, you know... Uh, coming off of Skylar Pit, but Walt, it kind of, Walt's actions make a little bit more sense, right? Mm-hmm. When you kind of pile up all the issues he's dealing with uh, and him having cancer himself, so he probably feels like shit, especially going through, you know, chemotherapy. Like, he just, you know, that, that's got to be tough. So I can understand why both of them were kind of struggling through this. Yeah. So Walt and Jesse pull off the heist. They cook in Jesse's basement. Uh, at an auto junkyard, Walt delivers the new meth to Tuco, who's ecstatic about the results. When one of Tuco's henchmen presumes to speak for him, Tuco viciously beeps the guy, beats the guy to a pulp. Walt and Jesse look on in shock. Finishing up, Tuco laughs and tells Walt he will see him next week. And hmm. that ends season one. 
Yeah, yeah. And the way he said that, too, I believe, is almost like the way I read it. It's almost like he's like, I'll see you next week, bitch. You know, like like kind of like he was one of his workers, almost. And Yeah. I, I mean, I read it as a as a threat, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as a, like, kind of sloughing off the entire idea of what he just did, beat a guy to death with his bare hands. Like, yeah. Mm. That's wild. Yeah, because he got high off the meth, and then this guy just said something, and he just started going off. I think he had some built-in aggression there, too, from something. I forget what. Yeah. Uh, maybe felt challenged by Walt a little bit, because Walt, Walt's, like, the only person, it, like, we've seen so far who can go head-to-head with Tuco, and Tuco kind of backs down. So, it's something weird going on there, but definitely a threat. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was some, some tension there where maybe it was money or something where Walt was like, no, I want this amount or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so overall, uh, actually, I'm going to give two criticisms of the episode or, or the season, and uh, then we could probably give our overall like review or kind of uh, thoughts, maybe the highlights. So let's say, let's, let's say I give one or two criticisms, the highlights, and then overall kind of thoughts. So I think two criticisms I have for this season are really just two scenes in general. Uh, the first scene is the one where they're rolling out that barrel. Like, uh, Walt comes up with this whole thermite thing. They kind of put it on the door. It kind of busts down. And then they just roll out a barrel of uh, this, I forget what it is, methylamine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, th- that methylamine has a very big plot relevance to what's going on. Uh, uh, but you know the scene was just kind of like, like it's kind of played for laughs. It's kind of funny, but it, it's almost like a false tension in a way. I, like, like I feel like they should get caught. It kind of took me out a little bit. So that scene I thought was kind of, you, you know, it's, it's not terrible, but it's it's just, you just kind of got to accept it for what it is. And the only other scene that I think was bad, and I think this one's just like just bad, bad. Like the only bad writing I've seen in in this first season is the one where there he's making meth which was it jesse it has that full house that or open house he forgot about because he's selling a house and they start making meth in the basement but then they forget the you know about the open house and then people are trying to get in the basement like jesse's like no no come down and they just keep making it like that just seemed like a lot of false tension and it's kind of played for comedy but it's just kind of like a bit of a letdown so those are like the only two real criticisms for the season i would have um, Peter, do you think you have any? Um, I I definitely agree about the uh, open house one. That seemed super pointless. It de- that definitely to me felt like some false tension. Like they were like, well, we can't just have a scene of we need to show them cooking, but we can't just have a scene of them cooking. So let's add this l- little drama bit. Um, or maybe their thinking was to well, we need to show that Jesse's no longer going to be selling the house. So this is how we'll do it, is by having him kick everybody out. But, like, even still, mm. I think there were better ways that they could have handled it. Um, but I got to say, if over the course of an entire first season, that's the worst thing that happened was one three-minute scene, that's a damn good season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What would you say is your biggest highlight for the season? You can give one or two. Um, the, the scene with, uh, 
with Tuco when they when he blows everything up. Like that whole thing was awesome. Uh really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um and uh the scene where where Walt Jr. just tells his dad to just fucking die <laughs> is great. Mm-hmm. Um because mm-hmm. I I think that's like a lot of like really good like that really shows off some of the family dynamics and like that because I think it's easy when you have a main character like Walt to like start to try and see things from his side and like imagine what he's going through and stuff but I think it really elevates things when you bring other people and how they feel about the exact same thing especially when it's coming from a position of not knowing half of the stuff that's going on so Walt Jr. sees old Walt before he starts cooking meth, before he's murdered people. He sees him and is frustrated with the situation and doesn't even know any of the other stuff. Meanwhile, Walt like has this whole other, like all this other stuff on his mind. I think it just really shows off all of the characters and their mm-hmm. dynamics and their different perspectives. Right, right. And that, that's a scene we had a lot of discussion about, too. Because mm-hmm. we had very different interpretations of it, and I think you're right. Though it does a lot to kind of show these different lenses to the characters, and also maybe like a different kind of philosophical disagreement. You know, like I lean towards more Walt's side, and so I'm kind of like ah, Walt Jr. being like a little bit of a uh, little bit dramatic here. It is your father. You know, I, I'm, I'm being ridiculous when I'm saying this, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think your perspective kind of helped me balance out how I was perceiving that situation. It, mm. You know, again, I'm being a little bit emphatic with what I'm saying, but it, it's also just a lot of nuance there. I think that same scene did a lot for every one of the main characters because they were all in that room together having a very serious conversation mm-hmm. and it kind of showed how everybody thinks, how they interact together. Um, and where they stand when it comes to this exact situation. Um, hmm. I think that was one of the best character-building moments in uh, the series. Hmm. Was that also the scene where the M- M- Marie was just like, uh, also agreed? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was fucking yeah. great. And then <laughs> Hank changed his mind to agree, and then <laughs> Skylar got mad. And, yeah, I mean, that was all, like, hmm. that was intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was. I think my favorite part was, uh, yeah, the whole Marie just kind of flipping the table on Skyler. Yeah, it's just so good. But uh, that's just my love of Marie. Uh, I would say my top two favorite moments are, I, I think the first is where Walt he just got like, he kind of puts the pieces together of the plate that uh, Domingo had or Crazy Eight that the you know there's a missing piece there and it's just putting these you know pieces together and there's so much in that scene like we talked about a lot of the symbolism in, in our episode discussion of that missing piece which is kind of the piece of the soul you know at the beginning of the episode they're talking about you know like human body is made up of 99 percent this but what's one percent so there's that missing piece there and you know walt is trying to find it and he realizes it's missing and it says a lot about walt himself you know like I think this ties in with so much there, and also the actors just did such a great job in portraying that scene. It, it was just incredible to watch. Yeah, yeah, ama- amazing. I 100% agree. That whole that whole episode is great in how it ties together, but that 
that last um last scene is super uncomfortable as well um but really well done hmm i, I i'm trying to think up the next one because i have it between like one or two here mm-hmm. I, I think it might be the scene i'm gonna give two here but mostly just like uh they're kind of tied together so i think it might be the scene where there's that asshole like a uh, guy on the phone and walt like just torches his car and kind of just like just mm-hmm. walks off kind of all proud right there and i i think that's just such a great scene because like we have our own emotions there right we're kind of rooting for walt in this instance we're like yeah fuck you guy and we kind of just like to see walt's violence you know his violent nature come out there uh, and that's just super fascinating. Uh, and, and a kind of connected scene with that too is the one where he uh, also feeling vindication too. But the other connected scene to that too is like when he blows up the place and he kind of walks out. Like I, I think the best part about that was when he gets in the car and you just see him just have this like yes, like kind of this victory. And it kind of feels like a victory for you too in a fucked up way. Like like you can kind of like emote with that. He hasn't been in that state, and it's just super fascinating to watch. Yeah, I think that was from uh, Cancer Man, the episode Cancer Man. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not rooting for Walt in that situation because mm-hmm. um, I think that's not a not the right thing to do. But mm-hmm. uh, I understand the where other people are coming from with, like, they feel vindicated by, by that action. But what it does for showing Walt's aggression, I think, is is really good. That is a, a good pick. Hmm. And I'm just going to give one last thing here. Uh, and that's going to be the scene from episode one. And I, I think this could be like a like something you hang in like a, an art gallery or something. It's a scene where Walt is handed the gun by Hank and is just kind of there. I think he's in front of a TV, just kind of holding it just aimlessly. And it, like I think there's just so much in that scene about you know Walt where he is where he could be going, you know the whole imposition of violence or the taking on of like uh, let's say aggression, and it, for me it just like does so much and I really want to rewatch the scene to be honest because uh, who knows I might be over reading it and putting too much emphasis on it but to me it just kind of like seems like that's the story in a way so far. What do you do yeah. when you just put a gun in a man's hand? Yeah, we talked about that scene a lot. Uh, pretty much every episode after we we talked about that scene for the rest of season one. Like, so so good. Um, I yeah, you know, I, I want to change that to be my number one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's all mine right there. So just real quick, we'll do uh, say just thoughts about the the season or general thoughts uh so my general thoughts are that i think the season was great i think it introduced all the characters really well the dynamic kind of the what the plot's gonna be i mean not that who knows where it could go i mean we're dealing with math right here but uh i i think the season was great and definitely when i started the first time uh you know i started way back and then i got depressed from watching it and stopped but it, it's like i i just it, it kind of had me hooked in it's, with all the character acting and everything. It's so, I, I think the season is great. Amazing acting, amazing writing, great um, set design, shot well. Like it's just there. It's excellent 
across the board for me. Um, and I think as a first season to a show, it does an amazing job of giving you a lot and still leaving you wanting more. Hmm. Uh, answering questions and asking just as many questions at the same time. Um, it really excellently done. And I think this is the type of show that should be shown in like classrooms and things like that for people who want to get into doing like TV series, mm-hmm. dramas. Like this is it. I, season one of, of Breaking Bad, I think, does an amazing job of setting a tone hmm. uh, and continuing to like it's it's hard when your tone is like sh- like things are gonna get crazy because like <laughs> how do you maintain that you know hmm. but they did it for an entire season like that's to me that's very impressive hmm hmm i definitely agree so we're gonna wrap up here if you enjoyed this discussion you want to see more well definitely subscribe or if you want to like the video definitely do that we love it we like it we want some more of it I guess. And comment. Say, hey, Pepin. And that's all you need to say. I think that's good enough, right? Also, uh, cha-ching, Patreon, right? I mean, that's what happens when you subscribe. It goes cha-ching. So, hey, we'll see you guys in the next video. Peace.